Burke's on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey, dude, you too must be from Marin. Marin County's A-OK, from Tamastin and all the way to M.A. Fresh organic veggies in the market every day. Welcome to the Run TMC podcast. That is the Run, the Marin County podcast, podcast about basketball in the Marin County. I am Duffy Ballard, and with me as always is Coach Dave Levine coming off a big win last night. I'm sure he's got some platitudes for his team and coaching staff that he wants to share with us. Platitudes? Like that. You're always coming up with new ones. You dug up a thesaurus word, Duff. I had an epiphany about what I was going to, uh, what I was going to use from my vocab list wow. just this morning. So opportune. Uh, yeah, we had a nice win last night. Beat Lick Wilmerding by 25 at home on senior night. Emotional night. Six seniors for San Domenico. Actually, I'm sorry, seven seniors. Great night. Great game. Can't believe how fast the season is going. We're, we're almost to the playoff stuff. Yeah. Now, of the seven seniors, are you including Mike Fulton as one of those as a senior citizen? He or is soon to be. There was it was someone uh, Lily Reeser in the in the locker room, a tear filled locker room where we were talking about each kid. Mentioned that this was also Fulton's senior night, and that brought some more tears. So, yes, Mike is is retiring after forty one years of coaching. That's amazing. Yeah, we have a recording. We'll play it at some point, Dave of Coach Skaggs, the Skagger, giving him a nice tribute before a San Domenico game last month. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was great words from Jeff. Yep. So we're into a really fun part of the season, Duff. We're now in the final week. Well, so we're recording this on Thursday, February 1st, and this is the last day of MCAL regular season. And there's That's a correct. lot that rides on the games tonight. You guys have a big game. Right. Uh, Archie against Redwood on the girls' side. There's a lot up in the air as well. So next week we will be able to give you, our listeners, a firm picture of the playoffs for the MCAL. But right now there's some uncertainty, right? By the time this podcast drops, you can probably look in the Marin IJ and know who is in. The big game on the boys' side is MC and TAM. That's tonight. The winner is in the playoffs at either three or four seed. Right. So Branson's locked up the one seed. You guys. Archie is, is We're two or three, two or three, and Redwood is also in. Yes, and they can be anywhere between two and four. Okay, and then on the girls' side, MC has locked up the one seed. Redwood is also in. I believe San Marin is a lock, and then there's a log jam. You have Tam, Archie Williams, and Branson are all in the mix, and it all depends on what happens tonight. Yep, that's right. And next week, the schedule. Wednesday, February 7th, will be the semis for the girls and the boys. And the girls will be at 6 p.m., boys 7.30. And then Friday is the boys' championship at Redwood. And Saturday is the girls' championship at Carolinda, Dave. And I should point out for Bay County's League West, where San Domenico and Marin Academy play on the girls' side, we, San Domenico, we've locked up the one seed. We're 9-0 and in league. We have our final league game tomorrow against, or, or yeah, Friday against Marin Academy. University is the two seed, Lick Wilmerding is three, and Marin Academy is four. And our playoffs are next week at Kizar Pavilion in San Francisco, February 8th and 10th. 
great venue. And then absolutely. And on the boys side, University, Stewart Hall, Urban, and San Domenico are going to be the playoff teams. Really, really deep league on the on the boys side. It's been a lot of really fun games to watch. Do we know, do any of these venues served ice coffee? Do they serve ice coffee for the fans? You know, Duffy, we should uh, check on that. Ice coffee is a wonderful thing. Although I, I will say I've had a number of people approach me and say, you know what? Ice coffee. No. Kind of hurtful. Yeah. It's a certain time of year, time of day thing. I have to admit, Dave, I have consumed probably a hundredfold more hot coffee in my life than iced coffee, which makes iced coffee just special when you have it. I want everybody to know I, I really like hot coffee. I really do. Right. I just, sometimes iced coffee is, is what I need, particularly when I'm on a podcast. Yeah. And when you choose iced coffee, you're saying to hot coffee, it's not about you. It's not about you. Wow. That was a good callback to our Jonas Honig right? discussion. You're welcome. Okay. NCS. Do it. So after the league playoffs, it gets complicated because there's North Coast section and then there's NorCal's and then there's potentially state. And I am definitely risking player control foul here today, but my understanding is that you are eligible for one of the six divisions of NCS, and those divisions are currently based on size of school, with Mm -hmm. the exception of the open division. You are currently eligible if you have achieved one of the following, either an overall record of 500 or better, an overall league record of 500 500 or better, or an overall record against division opponents so if you're division two that would be any division two team you played whether it be in league or otherwise of 500 or better and then once you if you qualify they take that group of teams and then there's a committee that will seed them and you'll play through if you make it to your ncs finals if you're a finalist in divisions one through five you are then eligible to also go to norcal's In Division 6, because it's a smaller group of teams, if you make the semis, you are eligible to go on to NorCal's. So anyway, so what can happen there is a team can not even win win the league and not even make the playoffs in the league, but they can still qualify for NCS and have a pretty high seed and have the ability to make a deep run into NCS. So we, we discussed with going back to episode seven with Mike Saya and Ashley Saya. Marine Catholic last year was barely a 500 team, made the playing game of the MCAL and lost, but found their way to, did enough to make it to NCS and ended up making a really deep run. Making a run. Yeah. Made it to NorCal, I believe, right? And had a really great season. So if you make it to NCS, you got a shot. Anything's possible. Anything yeah. is possible. And it, MC again this year, they have an overall losing re- record. I believe they have 15 losses, but they have enough. They're, they're going to qualify based on at least their league record, if not their record against division opponents. So they'll, they have a chance to do the same thing this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah. And real quick, just the, the enrollment, you know, sometimes schools move up or down divisions based on just if they have a ton of success, like for example, university is enrollment would be a division five school, but they moved up to division four a couple years ago just because they had so much success. I I don't know the total criteria, but in general, division one teams are kind of 2000 students and above uh, roughly division two is kind of mid mid thousands, division three, 900 to, 
you know, 13, 1400. Division four is kind of 400 to 900 students. Division five, 200 to 400-ish students. And division six is smaller. So that's just a, a general guideline of the enrollment sizes. So our over 35 league team, we can start our own high school. We could enroll the 10 of us, 11 of us. Uh, we could get a secondary degree. We could play in Division Six. We would crush Division Six, and then we could win a state title. Absolutely! Wow, that's in let's like, do it. Maybe in like you know Rhode Island or Idaho or something. So one other thing to mention, Dave. First of all, that my understanding is the open division, which they get the rankings directly from Max Preps. We've talked mm-hmm. about you know Max Preps before. So the NCS actually takes the rankings from the rankings that Max Prep generates which is based on record strength of schedule wins against common opponents etc or wins against quality opponents so there are six teams that will qualify for that we expect branson to be in the mix on the boys side on the boys side and redwood has been in the mix but i i I don't know i think they're probably on the outside looking in right now but if they get a win over branson that could change Mm -hmm. Uh, that will change next year most likely based on a very recent proposal put in front of CIF that would have the NCS adopt the same system as the Central Coast section. The CCS. CCS. They've been using a system for eight years, which allows for more open teams to be eligible and allows for easier moving up and down of of teams based on... Hmm both the size of the school, but also the quality of the program. In the NCS, there's like a, there has historically been a three-year process to move up or down, which if a team has you know, a number of really good players for one year, and then you know, they don't have a gut coming in to back that up, it can lead to, to teams in higher divisions getting whooped a lot, and you know, it doesn't lead to very competitive play. Right. So it sounds like that's probably going to be adopted next year. Dave, there is a 107-page document that I was just scrolling through that describes all of the potential changes for next year. And I'm going to spend just a few minutes to read the entire thing. Uh, all 107 pages. Go. Okay. Sweet. No, kidding. So, but yeah, that is my understanding. And as as before, certainly some risk of player control. And speaking of player control, shall we go to player control? What a great segue. Yep. Nailing it. Okay. So I, do you have one, Dave? I, I have one. I'm sure I have many, but I can't think of any right now. So go ahead. Okay. So mine is in the intro to the last episode. I said to you, you are a Christian youth organization oh, coach, right? Duffy, Duffy. And that was wrong. It's Catholic. Catholic. Okay. Catholic youth organization. I'm sorry. It was just a slip. So that is my player control. And it's also another good segue because we have a friend of the podcast who spent a lot of time and thought and collected a lot of numbers mm-hmm. to give us an update on CYO in Marin County. Mr. Tom Poser. Take it away, Tom. So we should say Tom is the co, what do we call Athletic it? director. Co-athletic director of St. Sebastian Parish. Yes. Yes. And friend of the podcast. He's very good with numbers as well. So this was a great update. Tom thought maybe it was too long. Dave and I thought it was perfect. So hope you enjoy. Thank you, Tom. And we'll be back, Dave and I will, in a moment. Hi, David. Hi, Duffy. I hope both of you are doing very well. This is Tom Poser. I am calling to share a brief, hopefully brief, probably not brief, CYO update with you. As you know, I am now somehow 
one of the athletic directors for the St. Sebastian's CYO program. I've been coaching there since my son Charlie was in third grade. He's now in 10th grade. So I think I've coached about, call it 12 to 15 teams at St. Sebastian's across the three children that I have, which is a lot, minus out the COVID years, of course. But a couple of things to share. First off, it is called Catholic Charities. We refer to it as CYO because originally it was a Catholic youth organization. I did reach out to Steve Farbstein, who was the incredible coach at Terra Linda Varsity Head Coach and the Terra Linda Athletic Director, just to get some stats for you. So I thought I'd share a, thing, a few things with you from our conversation. First off, it's been around since the 60s. So CYO Basketball Marin County has been played since the 60s. The organization itself, of course, has been around since the late 1800s, but the basketball piece started in the 60s. Steve has been the commissioner of CYO in Marin County for 33 years, which is astounding and incredible and uh, should be award-winning, of course. There are 14 parishes or programs playing basketball this year in the CYO system, 250 teams So that's about 2,500 kids in Marin County in the CYO system, which is obviously makes it the largest basketball organization in Marin County. They have 1,100 games to play this year. Regular season average is 125 games per weekend. And he's got about 45 people per week that are working on behalf of CYO, including refs and timers. That's a big operation, so huge appreciation to Steve, who's a great guy and very responsive. Speaking on behalf of St. Sebastian's, I think we're one of the larger groups in, in CYO. We've got this year 35 teams or so. We have about 360 kids. I'd say half of those are girls, maybe slightly less than half are girls. We have 10 A teams, and the other 25 teams are B teams, so we tell people we're, we're a B team organization with 10 A teams just because that's the vast majority of our teams. I think we have 67 coaches volunteering this year, which is incredible and we're very appreciative. All of them are parents. We do not have a single coach that we are hiring. And then we are led by Pam Nelson, Pam Nelson Campbell, her daughter Carly, you know very well, David. She's playing for you at San Domenico and committed to Stanford. She also has a son in our program, I believe at the fifth grade level. Great little kid, plays hard, big smile every day. And then we have about 18 people in uh, management. We refer to it as the high council just for fun. And that's, I believe, of the 18, 10 are women. So we are a, we, we tout ourselves as a women led organization specializing in B teams and focused on skill development. So we spend a lot of time on pivoting, cutting, back screening sort of with the philosophy that a whole lot of cool stuff happens on the basketball court and then one kid shoots the ball. So that's what we're working on over here. Personally, I'm I'm excited. I'm coaching, co-head coaching, along with Evan Lillivan, who's in the Branson Hall of Fame, as you know, and a great guy. He's got a bunch of kids in the program. We're coaching the seventh grade A-team girls together. We did not make the playoffs last year. We got one win in league, which was very exciting. Vast improvement. We got a shot at the playoffs this year. All the girls work super hard. We have nine on our A team. 
And they're all, they're all committed. They're all running and diving on the court and setting back picks. They also play lacrosse and volleyball and water polo. So getting all of them in the gym at the same time is a challenge, which I'm learning to be okay with. I'm trying to become a better coach along the way, partially due to listening to your podcast. So CYL is great. We go, we watch games, we watch our friends games. We become friends with the refs. You know, it's it's fun to watch because the coaches are our friends that we played against when we were kids, and now we're all coaching the young kids. And then even more interesting, all these kids flow into high school. So, you know, watching Branson versus Marine Catholic last night, a couple kids on Marine Varsity that I coached in CYO that we coached, Duffy, along with Coach Tachiki. And then on the other side, Branson, you know, those kids, a bunch of them played for St. Mary's, and it's just fun. It's become really enjoyable. So. It's a great group, a great leadership by Steve Farbstein, and I feel very lucky to be a part of it. We're about three weeks into the season, about six weeks to go, and I'm looking forward to hopefully being in the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Love the podcast, of course. Talk to you soon. All right. Great. Nice work, Tom. Uh, nice. So this is kind of the the glossary drill drill down segment. Dave, you have anything to, ch- to no, share? but I like the one that you have, so I wanna, I'm going to defer to you. Do you want the quote or do you want the the drill? I want the drill. Okay. This is one that Russ Bauer has been running. He took a rebounding drill and then adjusted it to make it full court. And this is great because it really gets you to focus on rebounding, offensive and defensive. It's a competition and it's also full court running up and down. So you have essentially two teams, you, you know, you divide up, you know, five, six players on each team. You put 10 minutes on the clock. The teams are, you're keeping score. You score if you score a point, you know, on a offensive rebound or a layup and a put back and you get one point per offensive rebound. So you have the two teams, you, you line up <laughs> at a, on, on one side, you got the offense out by the three point line. You got the defense down on the block, one ball, the defense can choose to throw it to either player. They throw it out and they close out. And then the player who catches it has to shoot it right away. It doesn't matter if they make or miss. If they make it, it doesn't count for a point for them, but it is a live ball. So what the defense has to do is get that rebound. And then as soon as they get it, they're going full court the other direction, Dave. And so the the team that was on offense is now on defense going back the other way. And so you can get points for scoring on either either end of the floor. So then you get down to that end and you swap it. So the team that had been on offense on the near end is now on defense and vice versa. And you just keep score. You know, and you have new groups of two on two coming back out and it gets quite competitive. So if a team gets an offensive rebound, mm-hmm. they reset. So they stay on that end of the floor and keep the ball and they keep the ball. And that's, that's a great drill and obviously very good conditioner, right? Yeah. Don't run in full court two on two. Yeah. So you have to get out and run. You have to, you know, see the angle ahead and then, you know, the defense has to get back and stop the ball. So yeah. we're, we're essentially drilling a lot of different, you know, aspects of the game. It's not just Rodman. Hopefully our listeners know who Dennis Rodman is. If not, please Google him. Yeah, please do. Uh, that's, that's or or great. Google image him. That. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because you'll want to start there probably. Yes, good hair colors. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Great drill. Love it. Okay, let's see. Well, we are going to get to our interview shortly. But first, we're going to take a little pause for... What time is it? What time is it? 11.06 on no Thursday. No Duffy. 14 
minutes 35 running clock on our interview, although we will have interspliced Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It's sponsor time. First, you know, if you listen to episode 22 with Coach Prib, we did do some endorsements of the podcast from friends of the podcast, and we are still looking for new sponsors. Thank you to Luke Esterkin for helping us obtain Medium as a sponsor. And we did get one endorsement sent in a little bit late, and that was friend of the podcast, Dave Deneen, who was burping up some endorsements in between his other work. So we want to play that real quickly, and then we're going to get into our sponsors. So here you go, Dave. Greetings, gentlemen. January 22nd, 2024. It's the first day of the spring semester here at the University of Nevada, Reno, where, Dave, I am enjoying a nice cup of hot coffee this morning. The Wolfpack men's basketball team is a surprising one and three and Mountain West play. Hopefully they can turn that around. Wanted to touch base real quick and tell you guys that I've been really enjoying the Run TMC podcast. If you are a historian or you like the history at all of Marin County basketball, this is the place for you. It started with Mike Fulton, who is creeping up on 600 wins as a coach which is just an amazing thing. I had so many good memories with Mike doing the Lavin camps in the early 90s. And then some of the other episodes have just been great also. Mike and Ashley Saya. Any footage I have at all from when I was playing 35 years ago, Mike Saya seemed to be refing my games. Michelle Bravelli, who as a side note, I never get through geometry in 1988 without her at Santa Fe High School. And then the legend, the Bay Area legend, Dan Dibley. And, you know, it looks like Brooke Smith might be the best player you've had on men's or women's. So keep it going, guys. And I'll look forward to the upcoming podcast. Take care. I love that guy. Deneen's the man. Thank you, Dave. So we want to thank our renewing sponsors, Jeff Skaggs and the Nike San Domenico camps, the medium online publishing platform. We will be offering a discount code for that on our next episode and Karen Hortzmeyer real estate. And our big re-up was with the hub. Love the hub. Have to say that I don't want to play favorites, but they're my favorite sponsor, Dave. Oh, Uh -oh. whoa. Uh Come on. Got controversial. All right. So Dave, you have one menu item that you're going to describe in detail. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about my favorite. My go-to order at the Hub is the number four. It's the chicken burger. It's a house-made chicken patty. It's got melted Gruyere cheese, arugula, crispy onions, tomato, and sriracha chili mayo. It is awesome. I I get it 90% of the time that I go to the Hub, and I always love it. So that's my plug. I also love the pesto chicken, and the burgers are great, but those are my two faves. So if you go to the Hub six out of seven days a week and you get the chicken burger 90% of the time, how many chicken burgers per year is that? We might need to bring in Tommy Poser for this. train leaves Bakersfield. (laughs) I can't do math right now, Doug. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The chicken burger is great. Yep. And is that what Joe Euphrat likes or does he like the chicken sandwich? I think he likes the chicken burger. Friend of the podcast, Joe Euphrat. Chicken burger. He's going to be a guest someday. Yes. We will forgive him the fact that he is a Redwood grad. Because he had kids who went to Drake. If you can't tell, Duffy is very in, very focused on I'm the focused. Archie Williams Redwood game tonight. 
all their different two guard sets are running through my mind. I just was up all night, you know, watching Jake Vasquez go about 17 different directions off of the, the, the high screen. Anyway, let's get to the, get to the interview. Let's get to the interview. So this was, this was a fun one. We had another father son combo, Marin legend, Doug DeVore, Drake grad played college Marin, then division one at Sam Houston was on the, the legendary Drake team of 1982 he joined us along with his son, Josh, who's a star player for Novato High. This was a lot of fun. Some really good nuggets. Listen to the end for sure, because Doug's ending story about George Noctreve is one of my favorite <laughs> stories of, of all of our podcast right, yeah, episodes. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, Josh DeVore, he had an amazing game against us a few weeks ago with Novato, you know, really nice player. Got a beautiful stroke and can also take it to the rim and, you know, is a unselfish player too. So we talked a little bit in the interview about how that Novato team really plays together and is connected. And you can see that when we played against them and also on tape. Of note, Dave, Josh, as of our last stat check, was averaging 19 points per game in the MCAL and averaging a double-double. Yeah, he's he can play. And what a what a good dude. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll hear really thoughtful, nice kid and, uh, going to be playing at the next level. He'll yeah. end up going to play in college. So this well, was a fun one. And we, why don't we listen and then we'll, uh, we'll catch up after Duff. Yeah. I think I'll just say real quickly that, you know, recurring theme, sort of a late bloomer and Doug was yep. a late bloomer yep. who developed into an elite player. And I, I wouldn't say that Josh hasn't already bloomed as a player, but he's got a really high ceiling that he's not it would seem to me he's got a lot of room for continued improvement and he could be totally he could be a dominant player into his 20s for probably for as long as he wants to play yep absolutely so, great to have him on hope you enjoy the interview and we'll be back for some quick perspective on the other side of this go ahead and start it hold on okay uh yeah ready to roll <clears throat> We going? We're going. Okay. I will edit out the first 20 something. No, I like my clearing with Rose. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for being here, guys. We're, uh, we're very excited to have Doug DeVore and his son, Josh DeVore, two fantastic basketball players, legends in Marin, a, a Drake luminary in Doug and a Novato High luminary in Josh. We're sitting in Duffy's, we're a new part of your house, Doug. Something new today. This is exciting. We're in the living room. So... <laughs> So I'll go through the backgrounds on both of you guys, and then we just want to dive in and, and talk about, talk, talk hoops with you. So let's start with Josh. So Josh is a current senior at Novato High, played JV your freshman year, right? Yeah. And then three years of varsity. Yeah. Also very successful AAU career on Team Rampage. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely. Very excited that Josh has signed on to play Division Three basketball next year with Cal Lutheran. Phenomenal program. Mike Fulton, famous alum, among others. There's been a good pipeline of Marin players playing at Kowloon, so we're excited to see you play in college next year. Josh is one of the best players in the in the MCAL. He's he's six seven. He can shoot it. He's worked really hard on his game. It's been fun to see him progress over his high school career. We have a we have a quote from our friend Owen Bugas saying Josh is a hard worker and a tall, lengthy shooter. So he's uh he's one of the best in the league, one of the best in the county, and no small feat to play college basketball. So congrats, bud. Appreciate it. That's awesome. Thank you. Sitting across from Josh is his dad, Doug DeVore, who I grew up worshiping and watching play. <laughs> Doug was on that great 82 state title team at Drake, then went on to College of Marin, where he was thrived as a player playing alongside Mike Fulton. We're going to mm. talk about that. Mm. 
And from College of Marin, he got the chance to play Division I basketball at Sam Houston State in Texas, was an excellent player at Sam Houston State, and then embarked on a long career playing pro ball overseas, which we'll talk about for how long, mm-hmm. over a decade? About 12, 13 years, yeah. Awesome. That's, uh, so it's one thing to play pro ball, but it's another thing to stick for 12, 13 years. So that's, that's amazing. Not controversially, one of the best players in Marin history, a, a legend. When we ask people for their, you know, their dream team at the end during crunch time, multiple times people have mentioned Doug DeBoer. So, and also importantly, coached pirate camps back in the day. I remember, I remember you wearing your, your Converse weapons. I remember those shoes. Yeah, orange and white, uh, no, Sam orange. Houston City colors. That's right. I, I still remember that. And then he also used to scrimmage against Duffy at Marin Academy. Uh, yeah. And Duffy, you said he'd kick your ass. I think I said they would take us to the woodshed, I think is what I Which is basically right. saying he would kick your ass, <laughs> along with the likes of Chris Fulton and Mike Fulton, et cetera. So thanks for joining us, guys. Why don't we start with, let's give Nevada Hoops some love. So here we are. We're, we're deep into the season. Josh, I think you guys are are nine and fourteen as of today. But I was looking at your your schedule and your results. You guys have had a lot of really close games, including yeah, absolutely. It's a little awkward here sitting across from Duffy, including the Archie game was was a really close one. Yeah, Tam was a really close one. So why don't you talk about the season and your thoughts on your team? Yeah, I mean, because we knew coming into the season, I mean, this team that we had this year didn't have a lot of experience with like playing at like the varsity level because we have three or. four guys that played varsity last year okay so we knew coming into the season these guys would be nervous coming the season not have the confidence so that was something we were trying to build over the season and it showed in like the games that the games that end with like a point or like like we're down one or down two totally because these guys just don't know how to end like games off at the varsity level like especially with like the confidence so that's just something we did, we've been trying to build all season for sure yeah it's um I'm coaching a team right now that's got six seniors and they've they've played our San Domenico girls team and they've played a lot of close games. Yeah. And when they were freshmen and sophomores, they were losing those games by two mm. and three. And now we're finding ways to win them. It's just it's just reps, right? Yeah, it's just experience. <clears throat> and so when it comes down to those close games, you guys have been right there. Uh-huh. So why don't you talk about a a Novato Hornets practice or, or what? Are, is it hard? Is it long? Like, like are you going for two hours? Like what, what are practices like for you guys? So for us, like, so for us, the practices normally last like an hour, 15, hour 30. So, so they're not that long, but they're, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially with our coaching staff, you've got to be on your game uh, for sure. I mean, like yeah. the main focus is we do is we, is we do, is we do a ton of defense, whether it's like, whether it's like, like head on ball, which is called where you just do like yep. one-on-ones down and back or like blocking out and rebounding because we are not the tallest team. So we need to rebound and we need to know how to block out. Yeah. So, and if you're not on your game, you will run. I mean, okay. That's how we do, but that's why, that's why, that's why our team is really good condition. Yeah. Cause we did, we did a ton of conditioning over, over spring, over summer. So yeah. Awesome. You had your old school uh, diving after loose ball drills too. Oh yeah, we like Coach yeah. Blair puts in before practice. I yeah. think that's that's cool because I, I had to do it. <laughs> well, you guys also we watched a bunch of film on you before playing you, and you know our coaching staff, our takeaways were they're very connected. They play very well as a team, and yeah. you execute your sets really well. And I've got a number of different sets, and you're probably the best I've seen on tape but for MCAL this year. It's the way you guys executed, like the you know the too high and your split action. Yeah, because. Because the one main difference of the team that we had this year compared to the teams that we had in the last three, four, five years 
we have very, very good chemistry. I mean, we're all super close to each other. I mean, like probably half of the guys on this team I've known since I was five, six years old. Right. So just being able to play with these guys, yeah. like, like my last year, it's, it's just been, it's been fun for me, honestly. Are so you, sorry, Dave, are you guys still eligible or in the running for NCS? Yes. So, okay. so we have to, we have to win our next two games to make the playoffs or NCS. Okay. So, and one of those Sam Moran again. Yeah. So, yeah. So we play at MC on Tuesday night for their senior night. And then we play at home on Thursday for our senior night against Sam Moran. Big week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. huge week for us. Well, good luck. You know, so it's interesting when Duff talked about different sets that you guys run. What do you, What's your preference as a player? Do you like when coach calls out a set or do you like just kind of free flowing, get it and run and, and kind of read and react? So what we try and do is we get rebounds just like push the ball and then if we can't get anything out of that we, we want to make sure we do get a set and yeah so sets we like run out. i mean i'm not gonna say like the play as well as sleep but like yeah <laughs> just give us all your secrets josh yeah <laughs> yeah but we, we i make sure we run a set every single time we come down court because because okay. when we run our sets we get buckets off of it like it's simple totally so totally yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, Doug, let's, let's talk to you. Let's get let's get into your your. We'll, we'll get into your playing days in a little bit, but okay. I'm interested, given where we just heard from Josh about at Novato. So, you've lived your life. You were an amazing player. Now you're a you're a basketball dad. So, is it hard, or, or how do you handle yourself during a game? Are you quiet? Are you yelling? Are you coaching during the game? Definitely you... not quiet. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be Joshua. You know. Uh, yeah. It, the one thing you'll hear from me is cut. You know, if I see w- one of our best, po- our point guard, Travis Flick, whenever he's driving yeah. I, and I see Josh standing, I, you always hear him saying cut. Right. And and that's usually, and, and uh, other than that, that I stay still, I don't cheer too much. I, I kind of stay, if I see Josh hit a three-pointer, my expectation is, yeah, he's a good shooter, knock it down. The the most excited I got this year, I think, was a three-pointer against San Rafael when we were at San Rafael. Yeah. I kind of stood up a little bit and I kind of got, okay, got a little excited about it calm down Doug. yeah <laughs> yeah but but normally you'll hear me say cut move yeah but you know if he misses shots he misses shots you know i'm not there to play for him yeah you know so doug you're how tall are you i was six eight when i was young and i'm now down to six seven okay and we, we, we remeasured him and he's he's up to six eight now with shoes on okay so, so you guys have we flip-flop yeah flip-flop. so compare and contrast your game at drake with josh's game at the bottom well, Drake, I, I was an inside guy. You know, we didn't have a three-point line. We had, uh, I was an elbow shooter. Yeah. I was lucky to play pickup basketball back at old days, back at Drake, yeah. outside courts. And I, I, I can't say how many more games I've had underneath the, my belt than he's, than he, he's got the chance to play. I mean, because how many games he play on the weekends? 20, 30 games. Totally. But li- literally right now, he's a better shooter than I was from the three-point line because okay. it wasn't heard of shooting that far out. I mean, I, I never did, you know. But you were unique in that given your size you could go outside and you could and we were talking about this with with your old teammate mike fulton that that you could bring five, fours and fives outside and shoot over them or take them off the dribble that was my that was my favorite thing to do was bring guys out and i knew you know and i wasn't stronger than anybody i wasn't more athletic but i knew i i knew i had fundamental skills i knew if a guy did step out i'm gonna go, go by you right you know and whatever happens next happens next but i knew i was able to go by somebody yeah. Pretty quickly. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. So Josh, when did you start playing hoops? To 
be honest with you, I mean, since I was able to walk back <laughs> yeah, since I was maybe two, three years old, I mean, there was, there was a ton of influence coming from my dad, obviously, but yeah, I mean, ever since I was able to walk, I just had like a ball in my hand and there's, yeah. there's a, there's one picture of me of when I was probably two years old, I would say, like just with like a ball and it just shows like how young that started. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And did you, so when you started to play kind of organized basketball, did, mm-hmm. did you play pickup? Like, was your dad making you go down to the park? No, I never, cause I mean, cause I've always heard the story of how he would go down to like the outdoor courts of Drake or yeah, like and play there. Yeah. And, Call it Drake. It's okay. Okay. And play there for like five, six hours a day. Like and I've never really done that. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of cool. Like it's just kind of cool to see like what kids did back then and what kids do today. Yeah. So, so when you were, when you were growing up, yeah. did you know your, was Doug, were you still playing when, when he was young? Uh, well, the first time I ever took him to a basketball court to play, he was crying cause he wasn't, wasn't out there, you know? So I was, so he saw me play when I got older, when I was in a, under over 40 league, Yeah. when I was hitting threes and there's a cool video of me hitting a three and Josh cheering like that. But we never, we played against each other, but just, just outside the house. Yeah. Did it get competitive? Did it get Oh, absolutely. Spicy? I mean, we would play these games during the summer. I remember when I was like a lot younger and when he was able to like, to, like play good. Right? Or move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the days. Yeah. yeah. We would play games like 100 and we'd have like a halftime. Like, and we would just, we would just play that like for like three or four times like a day. Like, yeah. That's all we did during the summer. That's all. That's all. I would just, we're always trying to go at him and, if I scored on him, I would let him know I scored on him. Sure, you did as as well. You should, Josh. You guys <laughs> saw our court down there yeah. during the pandemic. You know, Holden and I, we were probably an hour, hour and a half a day just playing some one on one. And like I blocked a shot enough times that he decided to hey, develop a left hand. So you yeah, know, it just it's one of the ways to develop as a player. So Josh, in addition to your dad, <laughs> were there coaches who had an impact on you as you were? coming up i mean clearly you're very skilled you're you're tall and skilled that's a really good combination yeah how'd you get those skills i mean one of the main people that really kind of started with basketball his name is scott morty i mean he he was like he was like the person who taught me i had to play basketball beside my dad yeah i mean because he taught me like he taught me how to shoot with like the right like form which is called like li dot i believe so Definitely him. And then I would say all the guys with like the North Bay Basketball Academy program can try to play with them growing up. So they all helped me develop and I just like completely changed my game with them. Awesome. And then even in high school too, when and I discovered like the team rampage, I mean, like all three, four coaches over there, they like tremendously helped me too. So, so them for sure. Yeah. I want to, I want to get into, into rampage in a little bit. Yeah. Um, would you describe, we talked to um, Kevin and Jake Vasquez about a one motion shot versus a two motion shot, like where the the one motion is it just kind of all starts and goes through flu- with fluidity, whereas Jake, you know, will get to a point and kind of pause a little bit. Yeah. I think you're kind of a one motion shot, right? I mean, it's yeah. so fluid and you get new releases high mm-hmm. and you can shoot from what, 24, 25 feet? Yeah, I would say like so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that probably took a bunch of took some time to develop oh yeah because because when i was younger i would always shoot with two hands i mean because i would never have right here i would always have like my elbow out and just kind of shoot with two yeah. hands because when i was younger People i was like strong enough yeah. to shoot it yeah and then my dad told me yeah like you can't have you can't have you can't have like your arm out like this right. you gotta have it like your arm tucked in so 
though, for sure. So what, what are your Cal Lou coaches saying to you about, okay, next year, what, what do you got, what do you got to work on? Like, um, in, into your freshman year. Anything for me, honestly, is my strength. That just, that's going to be something I'm, I'm going to be yapping on from like when, from when the season ends until I get to Cal Lou. And then another thing that I know I need to work on is just my overall playing on defense. Cause they are like, they are a very good defensive team. I mean, they're number one in their conference for, for a reason. I think they're ranked 10th in the country for yeah. the threes. And they're ranked 10th in the wow. country. And they hold, I believe they hold teams to under 65 points a game, which is number one in their conference. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. There is, so they're very good on defense. So that's probably, that's probably like the main thing I'm like trying to focus on for sure. So how did you guys handle the recruitment process? Where, where, what other schools were, were looking at you? And D- Doug, I'm interested in your perspective here, having mm-hmm. gone through it yourself. Yeah, do you, there you go. I, I think Pacific University in, in Oregon, there was a couple of schools on the East Coast, San Francisco State. And, and, and we, we were on the NCSA website, which is, you know, we paid money f- to get film out and everything else. Yeah. And we had a lot of Division three schools calling and, and looking and sending emails and we're still getting emails from what Texas, <laughs> I think they're form emails, Okay. but to everybody, but you know, when we looked at Cal Lutheran and we went down there and he went down there for a visit, he just loved the coaches, the coaching staff, coach white, you know, he told Joshua, he told us, Hey, if Joshua wants to go somewhere else after two years or one year or th- whatever, he will help him. And it's like, I've never heard of that. That's great. A coach saying that wants what's best for a kid but you know and we decided and joshua decided hey i want to sign early and get it over get over with we don't want to be that that kid at the end of the year going who wants me right you know and cal lutheran they they, they showed they called they they were texts they yeah, talked to joshua yeah because the thing with them that was like that was like huge is they found me very early in like the spring season because they found me at my very first tournament when i went down to los angeles and it was actually kind of funny the way they found me is they were trying to recruit another kid on my team okay and he just played terrible that weekend i won't say his name he played just like a bad tournament and i played really good that tournament so then they found me and then and then i kept talking to them throughout the spring throughout the summer and then i went down to their camp which was like i like to start of september played very well at the camp and then they invited me down for an official visit like mid-october and then pretty much like the thing that coach white told me who's like the head coach yeah he told me okay josh we're done recruiting you as soon as you say like you want to come down here and like you, you and like you do want to come play for me we can get like the roster spot all figured out boom done great so that was so that was one of like the marions i did chase Calvin. so before. do you think so it sounds like your your experience with Rampage really was helpful. Absolutely. Right? So getting that exposure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, whenever there's kids that are like trying like to pick like a team like to play, yeah, I would ball for. I always suggest Rampage first. And if they are interested, I I tell like I tell the guy from Rampage like, hey, I, hey, <clears throat> I got this guy. You can vouch for that kid. Yeah, because yeah. because there is this kid that I'm very close with. He's a junior on the JV team, but he wants to play. Some type of college ball, whether it's starting at like a junior college or something. Right. So I told him like, look, text this guy, like text, text, text. Coach uh, Bracey. Coach Bracey on Instagram. And and I'll text him too. And maybe we can get you down for like a few trainings. So I wasn't, yeah. That's great. Well, that's, that's, that's very cool. And that's, uh, we're hearing a lot about 
how club basketball is really helping kids find spots in college. Uh, one question about that, yeah, Dave, because we've done like we've done a little bit of club basketball, and sometimes you'll see that you know you'll go to Fairfield, <laughs> Vacaville, wherever for a tournament, and the team will have like 14 kids, you know, on the roster for two games, right? And then like you, one kid might play you get six 12, minutes, 12 minutes, right? Or, you know, in the weekend, yeah. Right? Sounds like maybe it's a you know it's different with Rampage. Yeah, so we so we in our first two tournaments we played down in LA and then we played in Arizona. We had guys that were unsigned seniors. So we had kids like Joaquin Rosmore who's now playing yeah. at Gonzaga, uh, Antonio Cusateri who's at City College San Francisco, Christian Wise who's at San Jose State. Okay, we had those guys playing with us and then once they left our team was cut down like to eight right so yeah so then we pulled up two kids that are not sophomores so we had like so we had like an even team of 10. so it's not that kids would play in one game and then they wouldn't play in the other game like they're all playing both games so that's why i was a big yeah gotcha yeah we we had a great conversation with my old branson coach jonas honick Mm. And yeah. we were talking about kind of the, because he's at Prolific Prep now, right? Yeah. Which is a really That's huge top five school in the country. They were playing Cooper Flag. You know, we were talking about how do you how are you going to guard Cooper Flag? But we were talking about the difference between, like Doug, when you were growing mm-hmm. up playing pickup at the right. courts versus kids today. They don't play pickup, but they play club. And Jonas made this interesting point that I hadn't really thought of, which is like you play AAU. Duff, you just hit the nail on the head, right? You play all weekend. You drive. It's it takes up your whole weekend, and maybe you get on the court twenty minutes. Right. Whereas you play, go down to the park for three hours and play pickup, you're playing for three hours. Right. Or you're getting so many more reps and touches in. Right. And so that's, that's one thing. So it's, that's awesome to hear that, like with a team like Rampage, where you got a roster that's not so massive that you're actually getting a lot of run. And that's, that's critical. And here's the thing about playing pickup basketball is you win, you stay on. Right. So the pressure of, of, of playing well. And if, if I have four of the guys and one of the guys, if say I have Joshua on my team and he's not playing hard enough, I'm going to let him know because I don't want to have to sit out for an hour yeah, yeah. and put my name back on the list. That's exactly what Joe knows. And we were also talking about kind of pe- also pecking order. Like literally Duff and I just played pickup 20 minutes ago. I'm on a team. We got a game winner. I, I'm not shooting. Well, did I, I'm not shooting that game winner. I'm getting it to the guy who's, who's going to make the game winner. And that you kind of learn that having a feel for, okay, this is a really critical point. Yeah, let's get it to that. So that's really helpful when you're in a when you're in a close game. Absolutely, right? Because of the wrong guy shooting the ball, and, and you get to sit out for an hour. You go, "What are you doing?" Exactly. exactly. Stop that, shooting. That talk about pressure, <laughs> right? All right, Doug. When did you start playing as a kid? I think sixth grade was my first time playing. Fairfax, San Anselmo. San Anselmo. I played for San not uh, San Rios, San Anselms. Okay. Uh, and I, I didn't take it really serious. Were you? Yeah, I was all right. I wasn't, and then I met Steve Kenneward. He was my neighbor down the street, okay. and we we started hanging out. And he was a year older than me, and and he kind of said, "Hey, you gotta start doing something because if you go to Drake, you have to play basketball. You know, you don't go there for football or whatever." So me and me and Steve would be playing against each other. He would always kick my ass, and just because he was just a, a great basketball player, and he's one of the best to ever play in Marin. Yeah, play Santa Clara. absolutely, and and that and that's what got me into playing. You know, Mike Sia coached me as, as a freshman. Mike's still the, the nastiest, loudest, made me run more than any other coach in my life, but he was a phenomenal coach. Oh, of course. You know, but that, that's what got me in playing. I mean, I wasn't really serious about it until Steve said, you got to be serious about it, you know? And so you, you go to Drake and I mean, obviously you're on this legendary team. Everybody says it's the greatest team in, in Marin history. 
what was it like being on that team? And because one of the things I heard about you, I mean, I think about you as just this, you're an unbelievable, one of the best players to ever play Marin, but in high school, you weren't, you weren't one of the, the, like, you weren't the leading scorer on that team. No, I, I, I rode the bench. I was, I had the best seat in the house. You know, I, I, Dan Diddley. yeah, we had to sit there and, and I, I, you know, there was four guys, four or five guys all got, all went to college to play basketball. And then you had Steve Lavin as a six, six man. Right. You know, that, that's crazy. I, I'd get in the games, but usually get in the games when they're blowouts, but I got really good playing against these guys in practice. Yeah. That's the thing. Here I am, you know, playing against Dan Hunt, you know, six foot eight, large fella, you know, big, big guy. Played pro ball in Australia. And, and, and I, and I had to, had to guard him, you know, Steve Tannenberg. Yeah. Uh, all, all the guys, you know, Chris Fulton. Chris Fulton, yeah. I remember Mike, Mike Dibley drove a lane one time and, and I, I blocked a shot. I said, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> guy who comes off the, so yeah. I didn't play much, but it was, it was phenomenal just yeah. learning the game from all those guys. What was it like for you playing for Pete Hayward? Frustrating sometimes. You know, he, he taught me how to shoot. You know, if, if you know Pete, Pete teaches kids how to shoot. He brings, he brought in a shot doctor. Usually every basketball camp that people don't remember that this guy would come around and shoot and he wouldn't miss a shot. Yeah. Like, how's this guy doing it? Literally in a gym full of kids just watching him. Yeah. You know, my senior year with, with Pete, you know, he, Mike Hayward was a freshman. So I, I would end up starting scoring seven, eight points in a quarter. Then Mike would come in. Okay. So I got, I got frustrated with yeah. that, you know, and in the end, everything, everything worked out fine. But Pete, you know, Pete also, my senior year, we played Reardon and we lost our, we lost a weird and that broke our streak of games and he put me back in the game. I remember he called me a name. I won't say it, <laughs> but it was a kind of a name. Like I'm, pl- I'm being too soft. Okay. Right. And he said, stop being, you know, like, and w- once I heard that, I was like, it was kind of a wake up call. Okay. You know, Doug, you got to get together and start playing hard. That's ridiculous. You know? And that moment on, I started playing a lot harder, you know? And were you strong then? Or- no. I, I just had fundamentals, you know, you get the ball in the post head fake, you know, all these different post moves. We ran the flex offense the whole time and flex. It was, was great. I can come off a screen. You get that elbow, shoot that elbow, elbow jumper. Absolutely. You were athletic though, or, or like a high school player. I was okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was a basketball player, you know, I wasn't jumping out of the gym, you know, I wasn't, I, that didn't happen until later, but yeah. So you go to college of Marin. So I assume you're, you're coming out of Drake, you're not getting much interest from colleges or, or were you getting recruited at all? I had, I had a few letters, you know, and, but, but nothing, nothing major. Cause were you, were you like on the, any all league? I think it was honorable mention. Okay. If that, so, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to college run anyway. That That's what kids did. Yeah. So my good friend, Brian Snyder and I, we, we, we went to college run. We played, you know, two years there. The coach are Willie Lanier. He's from the East Bay. Yeah. He woke me up to, to show me, Hey, I'm not that tough. Hey, Marin County basketball is this, yes. but now you're going against Contra Costa. You're going against all these different JCs. You got to pick your game up. So he really elevated my game of playing harder and playing tougher. And your point guard was Mike Fulton. Mike Fulton, yes. My second year was Mike. And he was the one that I still say to this day that that one game against Sacramento City College. Yes. He was able to feed me the ball in, in, in certain ways where I was able to turn around dunking on guys. And Mike, because of Mike, I think, I think that's what got me elevated to go Sam Houston. So Mike talks about that game. It was a playoff game, I believe, yeah. right? Against Sac City. And there were several Division One coaches in the gym, right. is what he said. He also said that he did a nice job of giving the ball to you and that you absolutely dominated, but that you both fouled out of that game. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. It's 
I only, yeah, it, it was a tough game, but I, I it was yeah. fun. It was because look, look what we're doing. You know, a c- couple of kids from Marin are just are just tearing this team up. Yeah. You know, and, and that was great. Yeah. And that was great. And, and I, I I love Mike. I love Mike's passing because I, I can still see it today. I'm, I'm pinning the guy. He, he dribbled down, boom, a little bounce pass, turn and dunking. Yeah. And I and I wasn't dunking like that during the season. For something something came into me, got, got into me, and it was yeah. like this is phenomenal. But it's pretty cool that you stepped up at that time with all those coaches in the gym and performed. Go ahead, Let's go. Did Mike? Did he boss you around on the floor? Oh. Yeah. yeah, Mike. If I wasn't doing anything right or well, he let me know, and, and that's what a point guard should do in, in a respectful way. Mike would, would he wouldn't threaten me, right? <laughs> but that's Mike Bolton. Yeah. You know, he he got me playing where where I was playing, and and I had a coach doing the same thing. Sure. You know, so yeah, that's I good. can I can Well, Mike was always. <laughs> I mean, I played with Mike in adult league. I mean, he was a coach on the floor. Right. right. Always. always. So no, nothing has changed. So calm was a was a good experience for you. It, it, it was great. It was it was a good stepping stone. You know, I, I didn't know where I was going to go. I got, you know, Coach Lanier back in the day before the Internet. You got to send out letters. Right. Recruiting letters. And my coach for Sam Houston State, Robert Mc, Coach McPherson, he went to the junior college tournament and asking who's not here. That's that's any good. Right. And then my name came up because I was Bay Valley Conference player of the year, whatever. Yeah. So they flew me out for my for a visit not even sitting to play right yeah so i i played pickup game they watched and whatever and then then it's funny he the coach flew back and said hey i want you to uh, i'm gonna sign it sign it to a scholarship okay so we sat in the office signed my letter went and go out and played for him and it was the first time he saw me play i airballed my first shot i missed a dunk my my junior college coach called me over and go what are you doing you better pick it up because you're yeah. he's gonna tear that paper up this isn't going well yeah. So then I, right after that, I did, did well. And I got, you know, I got the scholarship. So I was lucky enough to go. And there wasn't there, wasn't there like one school that you did want to go to, but I'm just ended up going. Well, it's interesting. Recruiting was a uh, Montana state. Yeah. That's who it was. Montana state. The coach came visit me at the house, Yeah, you know, said they wanted me. Then I got the call from him. Uh, we were going with a junior college or for a high school kid. Went down to Cal River, UC Riverside. That's what- that was fun. Wanted to go there. My mind was set on going Division One, and I probably should have gone to UC Riverside, better schooling yeah. by by far. But Drake, go, if you go to Drake, you want to go Division One. That was just the mentality. It wasn't about the school. You want to go D one. So where where in Texas is Sam Houston State? Well, Huntsville, Texas, where all the prisons are. Okay. And interesting thing is, I see all these, and I work I work in a jail, in Sonoma right. County, for a sheriff's office in Sonoma County, and I was seeing these guys march. The people are trying to learn how to become working in a jail. And I go, God, why would you want to work in a, in a, in a prison, in a jail? Yeah. So, and come, you know, now, now you, now you work in a jail. Now, work in a jail. <laughs> now, now that's my life for the last 23 years. So who, uh, who else is in the conference or was in your conference at least at that time with Sam Houston? Oh, Nickel State, Stephen F. Austin, okay. bunch of schools in, in Southeastern Louisiana, schools I never heard of, you know, and, and it's amazing how many schools there are out there when, when you go on a trip and, and how many basketball players there are out there. Well, you um, see, you always see, you know, Stephen F. Austin's like, you know, a 15 or 16 seed in your bracket, yeah. right? So did you, did you guys ever come close to the, did you guys ever make the tournament? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we made the, my junior year, we made the tournament because we're still go, transitioning to division one. Okay. We're on uh, probation, I guess it was. Yeah. You, you have to have a probational period before yeah. you switch over. Yeah. You have to wait like three or four years. Yeah. Switch from D2 to D1. So like three we were ranked like, yeah, we were ranked number two in the country division two. Okay. So we ended up playing and we, we got bounced in the first round. So, but it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. 
But then the interesting thing about college basketball is then my coach went to Charlotte Wil- Wilmington, UC Wilmington. Yeah. And he called my junior college coach. Hey, he goes, Hey, I want you to transfer. Mm-hmm. And so my junior college coach says, Hey, call coach McPherson, tell him you want to, you want to go there. So I said, okay, I did. I talked to him. I'm all set to leave. Yeah. And then I call my college coach, Sam Houston. And they go, we're not going to release you. And they threatened. I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that they were going to pull your scholarship or. Well, I didn't know that, that I can say I'm leaving. Oh, right? okay. I, I, so I ended up going back to Sam Houston and just finishing out my, my senior year there. Okay. Because that league, UC Wilmington was with David Robinson was in the league. Sure. Playing for Navy. Yeah. They were, they were at the time in the same league. I said, that'd be kind of cool to play there. Yeah. But I say it's Sam Houston. Well, I'm glad you didn't have to guard David Robinson. No, no, I, I did enough of that. I did enough of that when he was in, in the armed forces over in San Francisco. Cause, cause we played, we played against him three or four times. Oh really? Yeah. Large human being. <laughs> so would you have to guard a set? Like, I mean, David, for our listeners who are young, I don't know, Josh, if you know, David Robinson, I mean, one of the best yeah. players in history, seven footer, amazing played with Tim Duncan for the Spurs. Could you guard a seven footer? I can try. You know, we had on our San Francisco program team with uh, Bucky and Ajo, we had guys who were, who were a little bigger. Yeah. When David Robinson was in the game, I stayed outside. Smart. You know, I, I'm shooting the ball outside. I'm not going to let him block my shot because he, because he will block my shot. So I, I stayed outside and shot and shot outside jumpers. So how did you blossom as a player? Because I've, I've had multiple people say, we've even touched on it, <laughs> that when you were at Drake, you know, came off the bench, you were fine. Maybe... You, honorable mention-ish, all league, but right. not like, and then you go on to play multiple, you know, over a decade of pro ball. Right. I mean, you're one of the best ever from Marin. How did your game elevate post high school? What, what, what was the, what were the factors? Well, I think coaching, you know, I, I play in a b- bunch of different leagues, you know, going overseas, you have the pressure of, if you don't perform, they send you home. You know, you go to New Zealand yeah. and usually, or let's take Luxembourg, for instance, that, you know, you, I was the only import on the team. And if you don't score 20, 30 points, they're going to give you a ticket and they're going to send you home and, and bring someone else in. So I had to do it. But I, I think I, I think I was just a late bloomer. Like like Josh was going to be a late bloomer. Yeah. I think, you know, a couple of years, Josh will be a phenomenal basketball player. I think he's got, you know, a lot of room to grow. For yeah. me, I just kept getting better because I kept playing. I nonstop playing. You know, I was lucky. Yeah. I was lucky with that. Awesome. So, hey, Josh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, let's go back to club basketball because I think that that's interesting. So you you mentioned on Team Rampage you had you know Joaquin Aros Moore, yeah. a great player for Branson, who's now playing for Gonzaga. He's on yeah. the Gonzaga team, which is incredible. Absolutely. Will Heimbrot was yeah. obviously on that, right? He's a great player for Archie. He's huh. now at Seattle U. So what style of play does Rampage play? Are you guys run and gun? It was straight positionless basketball. Okay, five out. I mean, I mean you didn't care if if we had the guards posting up their guys and like the big man were playing outside, like he, 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 because he knew that for, for guys like me and my teammate, yeah. uh, Larry, who plays in Octagon High School, we, when we would get to college, weren't going to be like the four or five. Right. We would play maybe the three. So that's why, so that's why he was trying, trying to develop our game on like the outside. So yeah, it's like I mean straight positionless, and it's kind of funny with Team Rampage is we we rarely ran sets. I mean huh. we would just because we because we barely practice because we it's just it's just such a it's just such a big commitment right because not a lot of guys live where our coach lives because he lives like like Vallejo, Vallejo, yeah Vallejo, kinda okay so we would 
rarely practice. I mean, the only time we we would run sets is is if like coach called a timeout during the game. Okay. Said, all right, we're gonna run this play. Boom, we would run it and score. So that's why. So that's why. Yeah, I mean, we we would play like straight positionless. Yeah. I mean, just not run sets, but I mean, still put good either way. That's great, and that's obviously the the trend. And you know, I think it's a really good strategy. I mean, it's interesting. We were talking to our friend KK Caden Korst, who played yeah. for Cal Stars, which is a really good girls AAU program. And she said they had tons of sets, but they would run five out. But they would start. It's kind of like what you were talking about with Novato, mm-hmm. right? They'd start most possessions with a set, yeah, to kind of facilitate something. But then it's read and react, play basketball, right? You're not a robot, yeah. But she said that's one of the reasons that they're really, really good is they had all these kind of these sets in their bag. And and the thing about Coach Coach Bracy for Rampage, yeah. what he does, he promotes kids. It not only you know going to tournaments where college co- college coaches or scouts are watching, he'll you go do a workout, he'll film it and put it on his Instagram or his Twitter feed, whatever, and he's followed by a ton of coaches. So whenever any kid on his team, he still does it now. Practice, he's filming the practice. You know, yeah. watching his kid work, game game things. He'll put it on his internet. You know, Instagram, and he promotes. He promotes, and that's that. That's if you're if you're a young kid looking for an AAU team, yeah. a team to play on, find a team with, with guys that could promote you. Don't just go on these travel trips and 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 just play games, and that's it. You know, get you need to get promoted. Well, we we talked to Alex Pribble. I don't know if you had the yeah. chance to listen to that one, but he, I mean, he's so good, such a good guy, and such a good coach, and he's a great player. But we talked about recruiting. Mm. And he basically said the way that he recruits, he's a D1 coach now at Idaho, right? right? Said it's it's all relationships. Right. And it's it's coaches he knows and it's AAU coaches he has connections with. And if they, you know, he said like if Jonas Honick calls him or Doug Dinellon calls him with a, with a kid, he's going to take that call and he's going to listen to that coach because it's all about relationships. Uh-huh. So that's amazing that, that's great that with Rampage, you know, that guy clearly has relationships. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's going out and promoting these kids is, yeah, that's great. Was, yeah, because that's where I got all of my film from where, well, I mean, I, he would film. Yeah. Cause, cause uh, I'll kind of talk about how like, I like kind of like our rampage. I mean, it was, it was like the fall of my junior, like, like mid September. And I was like, I'm really trying to play at the next level and I need to find someone that yeah. is going to help me get there. So I saw my friend, Nick Cubley, who plays with Sam Moran. Sure. Uh, he was playing for this team called team rampage. I was like, what team is this but i mean i mean he was playing good he was getting film so i texted <clears throat> so i texted nick and said like is there is there is there a way i can play with you guys in like an next tournament and he said i mean i don't know i mean you can text the coach on instagram because that's where like, yeah. i should and so he so he was like yeah you should text the coach on instagram and just see what he says so so like i sent him i sent him like a long message on instagram saying like my name like height, weight, like my experience with basketball, and but, but the, but like the main thing I told him was, I want to play college basketball. It's it, it's fine with me starting at like a junior college or starting at yeah starting at Division three. I just want to play at the next level. So then, so then he texted me back and said, Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a train tomorrow night at Tamalpais High School. You should come down. So I was like, Perfect, great. Right? So I went down to Tam. I did the training. I did pretty solid at the training. Yeah. Then he invited me to our next tournament, or to their next tournament, which was down some place, down some place in like the East Bay. First game, he had a guy there filming. His filming thing is 
Untold Greatness. Okay. And, and his name is Jordan. And he filmed the whole thing. First game, I came off the bench, had nine threes, 32 oh. points. Nice. Right. So. Okay. There's and, another nine threes. No, but he, yeah. he, he, yeah, that he game. He had nine threes in an empty gym. No, he, he, he was, uh, he even had a heat check shot where he, he crossed half court and, and jacked it because he was making, making these threes. I was like, okay. It was like a Dame Lillard kind of. Normally I would, I'd be like, what are you doing? Okay. I get it. Yeah. And then, so, and then, so I played that game and then, and then I played another game after that. I played well. And then I went home that night and, and he already put out the film like from that game. And then the next morning I was going to school and I get a text at like seven 30 in the morning from this guy. It's like, Hey, it's coach book from UC San Diego. Oh, wow. Already getting some interest. Yeah. I would love to hop on a call with you. Nice. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is, this is crazy. So like, I hopped on a call with him and then, and then unfortunately like the, like the connection with UC San Diego, it didn't, it didn't end up panning out because the coach that called me, he was, he was at the time, he was like the assistant coach at UC San Diego. And then he got the head coach job at Cal State San Marcos. Okay. So he switched to there and then that's, so then I kind of lost like the connection with them. Gotcha. But I mean, it, but it, worked, still, it worked out well though. Yeah, yeah. It was still super cool. Yeah. Time. That's, that's great. What a, what a cool story. Absolutely. You know, all that's, all that's great. Good job team rampage, but Josh, I think hitting nine threes. That's pretty good. Yeah. So Doug, I want, I want to come back to you and I want to talk about your pro hoops days because okay. you, you're unique in that. Again, longevity as a pro, but then you also did, as Tom Poser calls it, you did the double pro thing where you would play part of the year in one country yeah, and go and travel and play the rest of the year in another country. So, so talk about that. Well, uh, that was when I was playing in Luxembourg, I would, I was, I'd go there from, was it September or I get to the end of August and I go there till March play in their season. And then from March, I'd fly right to New Zealand and play in their season. I did that four years in a row. So I, I, I never made it home. Wow. Uh, I, I made it through a transit uh, lounge in L- LA airport is the close I, I got home. So what year, what years was, was this? Well, I played from, I played in New Zealand from 1990 to 2000. So 96. Okay. So from 96, I started playing in Luxembourg and I played four seasons there, but I kept going back and forth. So you're probably like late thirties at this time. I, my last year was when I was 35. So I literally, because I went to, like I said, I played in Spain for two years, right out, right, 88, 89. And then I'd hit New Zealand. I, I mentioned you guys earlier that I, I went to Austria for a weekend. Yeah, right. Uh, where <laughs> they, they brought me in to replace a seven foot Russian guy. And they wanted an African American to bring in, bring in the pl- people to watch. Cause that, that's yeah. what, that was pre-internet. So I, I pretty figured out when I got off the plane, the guy looked at me and it was like, put his head down. <laughs> But I, I practiced well and I, I did well. And then at next a couple of days, they go, Hey, yeah, we're going to send you home. You yeah. Know, here's a thousand bucks. Go ahead and head on home. So I said, okay, whatever. I got, I was fine with that. Yeah. Did you take the Russian home with you? No, <laughs> he was terrible. He was slow, but it was one of those cases where he was, he, he tried and guard me outside and I was going by him. I was like, hey, I'm going to make the same. This is going to be easy. But sure enough, they want us. And then that was my introduction to, Hey, you got to play hard uh, or they're going to send you home. So that was pretty quick. So what, what were the, so for like for Josh, right? So in a couple of years, Josh is going to have a great career in college. Maybe the NBA doesn't happen, but if he has opportunities to play pro ball overseas, what would you say are the the pros, the, the, the good and the bad of playing professional basketball overseas? Well, people think you're getting millions of dollars 
and you're not getting millions of dollars. You're getting money. You're getting housing. You're getting a place to live. You're yeah. still playing basketball, and, and you're you're traveling. Those are the great things. I mean, for me, I, I met my wife Margaret, you know, and she's the glue of the family. Yeah, that's why he has the smarts. You know, three point eight grade point average, not me. That's why he's still playing music because of my wife. But you have to. Th- that's a good thing. But but the downside is you miss your family. You get you get terribly homesick. You know, when internet can start happening, I was like, cool, I, I can, I can get, you know, closer to home, but you do miss your, your, your family. Yeah. That's probably the, the biggest thing. And Brooke Smith <clears throat> talked about that too. That, that's, that's and, and it would be easy for me now if I, you know, FaceTime all this stuff now, right. but you know, back, back my first couple of years in New, New Zealand was like, okay, I don't really have internet going on right now. I don't have my, you know. So how good were you like in, in the New Zealand league? Were you one of the best players in the league? Or? My when I started in Division Two, I had I had to go to Division Two first, and I had to get my team up. I was averaging forty six a game. Okay, so and that's decent. So almost as good as your son. Right. So, but the weird the weird thing was, you know, when I have a cold or had the flu, and I knew that I we had a game that night that I had to go out and score. Yeah. That was going to happen, and it, it usually happens. So, I never called myself good. I, I I never tried to toot my own horn. Believe it or not, I just went out and played. Yeah. You know, it's like the Marin County Hall of Fame. I, I've never been in it. I've never been, no one's ever nominated me. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah. You know, but playing in nominations, I think, uh, I think Duffy as, as we any, any ability to, be, to, as we have podcaster clout, <laughs> we're going to change the NFL playoffs. <laughs> we're going to change around Robin. That's right. We're going to get dug into the whole. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, but playing overseas was, 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 was great. It, it was a great experience, you know, but then when I hit 35, I, I needed to figure out a retirement, you know, cause I'm, I was married to Margaret when I was in Luxembourg, yeah. uh, she was over in New Zealand and I said, you know, I, I got to start getting, getting a, a life. So I had to, I applied to the sheriff's office in Marin County because my buddy worked from Marin County and I applied to sheriff's office in Sonoma, in Sonoma County. Yeah. I would leave on a Sunday, fly out there, take, take the test I need to take on a Monday, fly back. Then I'd be at practice Tuesday. Wow. So I did that about four times. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's a lot of playing, a lot, a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah, go Duff. A question about like uh, playing overseas and you know New Zealand. We talked a little bit about New mm-hmm. Zealand before we started the interview. You know, I spent some time there, living over there. And as a player there, did you feel like you got to really see the country, or were you traveling around playing basketball and getting little glimpses of the country? Well, because you only play once a week, Saturday nights. So we had a lot of downtime, and we we got a chance to see the country. You know, traveling. Uh, it wasn't. I, I didn't get a chance to spend an off season there until. Or I, I never spent a, a, a Christmas there until the year 2000. So when my wife and I would come back from the States and we'd travel around, Margaret and I would see all the different places that I never got a chance to see, you know, seeing her family. Cause it's a beautiful country and it's, it's a place where I want to retire in, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So did you play in the Drake Adult League? Yeah. Early? Yeah. Uh, Hilda's Coffee Shop, play along with Brian Shaw, you know. The, the one memory I do have of that, and it's not a good memory for me, and Josh, you might have a good laugh at that about this. Remember Harold Keating? Of course. Santa Clara Santa guard. Clara, awesome player. Harold Keating, Keating took off from the dotted off two feet and literally slammed me, dunked over me. And I went up with him, and at the point, I was like, oh, this is not good. And that, that's my one biggest memory. And then I realized I can't get dunked on again. And luckily, you haven't dunked on me yet. Yet. But no, that that's that was a great league. There's a lot of great players. Yeah. Uh, it was the only, as you guys know, it was the only only league that was sanctioned by the NCAA. Where college players, you know, Kevin Johnson had to come down and play. Yep. All the guys from 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 St. Mary's would play. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal 
league. I remember going to those games. I remember seeing you play in that league. So I, I forgot that you played for Hill. Actually, uh, Duffy and I just had breakfast at Hilda. We did with Mike Fulton. With Mike Fulton. Yeah. And John Granucci a couple and, days ago. And uh, Tyler Walker. That's right. Tyler Walker was there. Hi, Tyler. It's a great place. It's a great place. He would always take me because we would, every Sunday morning, we would go down and, we would go down and drink and just watch all like watch all like the guys play, watch all like the old men play. Yeah. And we we would always go to Hilda's and I just thought the place was great. So that's that's a legendary place in my book for sure. Josh is talking about old men, they're probably like thirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> not not ancient men. Yeah. yeah. All right. So question for for both of you. Duff Duff, why don't you ask your your Marin question? Okay. Um, yeah, how do I phrase that? Yeah. You said well here, here's uh, what Duffy wrote. Oh go ahead, Duff, you got uh, it. We've talked to a couple people about this. We've debated it. So Marin basketball seems special to us. Like, you know, you've yeah. got the stories about, you know, the summer leagues, the Drake courts, the legendary teams. It, it seems like in doing this podcast, like all sorts of people from the history of basketball have reached out to us. It seems different and distinct than maybe in some other places. Right. But we wonder, is it really, is it, are we just biased? Are we just biased because we're in it? And, you know, so we've spent our lives in Marin involved in basketball. Probably a little bit both. I mean, I'm sure there's some other areas that have the same thing, but we have a rich area, a rich history of basketball. Yeah. You know, even, even we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Drake going, even going back to the great teams in the seventies with Eddie Joe Chavez, yeah. you know, who played against Michael Jordan and, and Magic, and Magic Johnson, the dream team. Yeah. We do have a rich history, the outside courts, you know, people coming from all over to play at the Drake summer league. You know, I, I think it's re- it really is cool. And my Pirate, fact, Pirate camp was a really important piece of Marin history. I, I, I have a guy at work who works in a lot. Who, who told me I, I coached him way, way back and I, and I was like did I coach you okay <laughs> you know by the way Doug you coached me at part yes I know and and that was with uh, Lavin was also the one of the coaches wow, absolutely yeah yeah won the championship I only won it once because Steve Lavin would have his team in defensive stance and you can hear him co- coaching I mean yeah. literally he, he you knew he was gonna be a coach yeah Steve was always yeah. clapping yeah Steve Spencer I, those were those were great days but yeah I mean I I think I, I agree with you I think it's probably a little bit of both yeah right but it is cool, like the the whole Drake in the '80s being kind of the mecca of basketball in in the Bay Area. I think that's real. Yeah, that, that this is where people came, which is which is super cool. Stance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's nerd out. Josh, what's your favorite? Is this crunch time? No. Oh, okay. Because we, we, it's a debate about the favorite drill question. Is it a crunch time uh, question uh, or not? We've gone back and forth. But I like that your your call last time. That there's some back and forth there. <clears throat> Josh, what's your favorite drill? like in practice Ooh, that's tough you can say it's a shooting drill it's fine i i mean i mean i'll go both i mean for one for one we do the thing for offense it's called the 11 man drill so it's so uh, it's pretty much like a three on two kind of and then person shoots and then the person that gets the rebound there's two outs that come to the ball yep and they go down and like so it's a continuous three on two yeah Okay. Heard about that. Literally like a few days ago. So Kerry Barrett, who is a legendary Novato high school grad, mm. who's now coaching down in Southern California. We asked her, she's a now coach. She played at Cal. What's your favorite drill? She said 11 man break. And she literally, this is the exact same drill. It's a so, Novato drill. I, I guess, I guess so. You know, we had my guy I played with in New Zealand, Tony Bennett. Oh yeah. He, he would come in and lead us through ball skills and ball skills were stuff. And he would do something where he'd throw it up in the air and he would ca- catch it put his hands underneath, catch it, you know, through his legs, but his quickness, his skills. I've yeah. tried it before. It's... Yeah. Throw it up in the air and then catch it like 
lean through yeah can catch yeah but he he went through these, these ball handling skills and tony was one of the better best guards i ever played with overseas and and uh, in in uh, north harbor in new zealand he's the coach at uva right? yeah washington state yeah with washington state yeah uva i think he played at wisconsin green bay yeah great and great. then yeah and then another drill he actually won. He actually won drill. Now you want to go two drills? No, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely. Hey, this is a nerdy podcast. Then, this is where we take our notes. Well, I mean, because I said one drill for for like playing like three on two continuous. Yeah. yeah. On the like defensive side of things, we did this one drill where it's just four and four shell drill that sure. turns in, that turns into live. But the reason the reason I'm a big fan of it is because we have very intense practices. Mm. I mean, there's guys that are going at each other. Yeah. And our two head coaches, Coach David Blair, yep. Roger Baker, they're very intense coaches. So, I mean, going into the practice, I mean, we expect it to be intense, and especially when we do this drill, it you hear the you hear the gym's loud because we're all just like communicating the whole time, right? And then as soon as we, as soon as we get a stop, we're celebrating like we just won the championship. That's awesome. Because yeah, competitive competitiveness is is great mm -hmm. i actually i got a tony butler showed me a drill recently that's awesome so it's a shell drill he calls it the butler drill but that's not because of tony butler i think it's butler university but it's it's a four and four shell but you start off with one of the defenders starts at half court so it's four on three mm. so the offense is just moving the ball and the, so it's four on three and the the defense is just scrambling, taking ball, you know, kind of at a disadvantaged position, but offense is just moving the ball. They're not driving. The player at half court sprints down to the other end of the floor and comes back. And as soon as that player gets back, it's live four on four. Oh, wow. So it's four on three, passing the ball around, defense scrambling. Now all of a sudden it's four on four and you go right away, you go live and it's awesome. It's That's really, really Or you can do the one where you start four and four, Coach blows the whistle. One of the players. One of the players has to run to half court and back, and then fly. And that's like, yeah. Then that's good for yeah. scramble defense. Shell, shell drill is so. And so there's good. also the four on four or five on five transition drill, right? Yeah, which great. is which it, you start four or five guys at like the free throw line extended, yeah. Yeah. and then it's like the four or five guys on the baseline, and you're like across someone, and then like and then like the coach would pass to someone on the baseline, and then if you're and then if you're like if you're like across from the guy that just got the ball, you, you have to run to the baseline first, and then get back and make it back on defense, and that helps a great yeah great. helps you and just some defense and like communication. Yep. Is, I have had debates with players on our team because when we do that. The guys just want to dribble it up the sideline. <clears throat> they get past near the sideline. Yeah. I don't like get the balls in the middle. Yeah, but. That's that's gone away. I, I yeah. The whole gone away. I mean, I see a lot too much guys aren't getting you know fundamentals. You know, going back to Pete Haver days. You know, get the ball in the middle. middle of court. Guys got spread. Yeah, and and go. You know, it, it, it's hard when I see kids dribble up sideline unless it's it's a sideline out. You know, break whatever. If it's a pass ahead, sure. Or if it's the fastest player on the floor, and you can beat everyone sideline, go. But if you're like one of our bigs and you're dribbling the ball up the left sideline with your left hand. I don't know. We, yeah. are, we don't do that drill very well. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but we're getting off topic. No, no, we're good. This is, we, we love talking drills. All right. Now I think we have reached crunch time. This is the most important part of the interview, Josh and Doug. Okay, Josh. Yes. Unbiased answer. Favorite Jim and Marin. 
Well, besides Novato, that's that's the bias, and I'll <laughs> now be unbiased. And then besides the Novato, like because we have like the main gym, and then I love playing. I love playing in like the old gym because I love the floors in the old gym. The old gym's great, and also much easier to get to, right by the parking lot. Absolutely, <laughs> you gotta walk all the way um, down to get to the Gordon Gym. I mean, besides those, I'm being honest. I would say either playing at Redwood or Drake for okay. sure. The reason for Redwood, it's just a big gym. Yeah. I mean, like the hoops are nice. Just, it's a great court. Yeah. The reason I'm a big fan of Drake is because I love the floors because they're, they're very springy. Like there's a lot more springs in the floor. It feels like compared to all the other courts because it's because it's like a new floor. So yeah, between Drake and And you Redwood, should fall well. Absolutely. Yeah. You lost me at springy floor because that assumes that I can jump and I can't, <laughs> but. All right, those are those are good answers. Doug, yeah, favorite gym in Marin, Drake. Besides Nevada, Archie Williams. Sorry, that that floor. Well, we can go Drake. No, I go Drake. But you know what? They've done a great job with, with the whole change. Yeah. But cleaning cleaning it up, you know, yeah. and stuff. It, it was it's good. But I, I'll 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 pick Nevada. But my heart's still a Drake. Yeah, yeah. The history of the Drake gym is pretty is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, Josh, give us two surprise picks for all league for them, Cal. Ooh, that's a good one. To be blatantly honest, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Owen Vegas from, from Drake make the first team. I mean, yeah. just a very talented guard all around. I mean, he's strong, very smart player, very high IQ. I mean, what I think his GPA is like four three, four four, which means like he like he was he's smart kid. tough kid too. Tough that's kid. Awesome. Yeah, I love watching him play. Him for sure. And then one that one that one that really surprised me is. Highlanders from Branson. Yeah. I mean, six, seven, six, eight, sophomore. sophomore. Just, a, just a very talented big. I mean, we played against him because he started for them when we played Branson a few days ago. Okay. And he just, just, just a very talented big man. So, I mean, him and Owen are two good sophomores. answers. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are great. The league's been really fun to watch this year. Like, yeah. There, there are no easy games, in, uh, particularly on the boys' side. There, I mean, the, even like you look at San Rafael, San Rafael's got their record's not very good. No, but San Rafael's in games. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's talent. I mean, there's talented players on every team. I mean, yeah, you always have the guys from Branson, Redwood, right? But then you go, you go to teams like San Rafael, Gio Bravelli, who's who's a very good shooter, phenomenal. You go to you go to school like Carolinda, who's Grady Bowers. I mean, who's totally. just a great all around player. I mean, yeah. there's talent, Chase Adelman, yeah, on every team, and Chase too. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty close to Chase. Yeah, so I mean, there's talent on every yeah. single team in the league, which just shows like how good this league really is. Mm. Totally agree. It's a very it's a very talented league. Totally agree. Doug, toughest player you ever played against. Let's go, let's start with Marin and mm-hmm. then we're going to go overall, but the toughest player in Marin that you ever played. Oh, Besides yeah. George Noctree. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I got to go Buck Chavez. Uh, only because the amount of, of scratches and cuts, if you're playing Buck Chavez and outside quarter Drake's where the swimming pool was, there's a fence, right? Yeah. You're hitting the fence. The worst thing is eight o'clock in the morning, Buck Chavez rolling up in his, in his pajamas and warming up. And then you start playing. And I have to guard him. And he's literally taking you, throwing you around in the ground. By far the, the guy that helped me get get scrappier, but definitely Buck Chavez. Okay. Now, how about overall? I mean, I could throw out David Robinson. There you go. You that, know, playing against answer. him. I know a guy in New Zealand. He's now actually the, the, the coach of the Tall Blacks, New Zealand national team, Peril Cameron. He was a big... 
six, eight, big, big dude that literally knocked me out on TV. Uh, when we played against Auckland, he hit me with an elbow to my, to my temple. I got up and I ran down and I tried to punch the first guy I can get, <laughs> but Pero was, was always a guy that, that you couldn't move him around. Yeah. But for, for me, that, that, it was, that was him. I assume this was before we would go through the concussion protocol. Yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. That was the go fight someone. Yeah, exactly. I literally tried to run down and hit the, and I hit their American Kenny Stone. I, I hit him in the, in the head with a forearm and I, I got the foul called. Yeah, retaliation always gets. And the funny thing, the next day that referee was given a referee clinic, and I went into the gym and a bunch of young kids, and I he was showing the video, and there's a video of of me getting knocked down. I said, Kenny, you 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 saw me get hit. Why didn't you call something? And he didn't. So whatever. Maybe I wasn't liked. That's that's amazing. By the way, I never heard of the tall blacks. Yeah. So there's the all blacks. All whites. All whites soccer team. The silver ferns. So clever. So clever. Okay, Josh, toughest player you've ever played against? I mean, when I was a sophomore playing varsity, probably playing against Will Hambert from uh, Drake. I mean, yeah. just super talented, this player. I mean, playing at Seattle, you know? Yeah, I really could handle the ball very well. Absolutely. And cause I remember we were playing, like, the very first time we played him was <laughs> at home. And this was still when, like, when, like, fans weren't really, like, where I like to come watch. It was just after COVID. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and when I was sophomore varsity, I mean, my minutes were probably 10, 12 minutes a game, but this, but this game, I checked in after like three minutes after the game started and I'm like, all right. And I came in for the guy I was guarding Will and I thought, oh, coach is not going to have to put me on Will. And he's like, all right, Josh, you're going to Will. I'm like, Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, and then I just remember the first play. He got the ball on, he got the ball in the wing and then he drove base on me and this, and this bump right in my chest just knocked the wind out of me. Oh, I yeah. mean, that was welcome to the league. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would say will probably. That's a good answer. Good answer. Uh, okay. Doug, dream team. You're playing pickup at Drake. You and four others. What do you got? I'm going with my son. That's a good answer. He, he's 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 a, he's one of them. So right off, we're going six seven six eight. Yeah, six seven. Uh, I I got to go Bucky Chavez. Okay. I got to go with probably the greatest player ever to come out of the county with Eddie Joe Chavez by far, and I need a kid to get me the ball. Yeah, you need a passer. I need a passer. I'm going with Mike Fulton. Okay, that's great. I mean, I, I, that's just I, I got to go with Mike. That's an unbelievable team. I think I think Josh is going to get some shots on that on that team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to demand the ball more. That's you know, Josh, you're probably not going to get many shots. Yeah, Your dad's probably just, take all the shots. Yeah, I'll probably just. I mean, maybe get my dad a ball and just sit ahead of some screens. <laughs> there yeah. was a good screen set. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Joe sets a really good screen. Yeah. As long as we win the game, that's all we got. There you go. That's the right answer. As long as we win. Okay. Favorite restaurant in Marin? Oof. You guys were talking about this beforehand. You were, this was the question that stressed you out the most. It, it probably did because I, I can always go Hilda's, you know, growing up. It's a great answer. It, it, it is my yeah. great answer. Sentimentality but, matters. You know. For me, I'm being honest, and we just had this. We had this yesterday. Be honest, Josh. Chick-fil-A, Marvin's in the Lotto. Oh yeah, great breakfast place. Oh, that's I, a good spot. I've We went there yesterday morning, or it was like yesterday afternoon. Wait, what street is that on? It's on. Is it Grant? It's on. It's on Grant. It's yeah. It's really good. A, a lot of food. You know, de- decent price, but Josh had the pancakes, and it only can eat half of them. It was it was a ton of food. Wow, that's a good answer. And by the way, the favorite restaurant in Marin, it's, I love that question, but it's always, you know, potential sponsor situation too. Marvin's call us. Okay. Before we wrap up, 
I, I like Doug, will you tell your, the George Noctreep story? Cause I, I like that one. Well, George is the guy that I worked with at Rent Academy and he probably was the smartest guy ever, ever helped coach. So he was a player at Marin Academy. He's a yeah. post player at Marin Academy. He was you a class president. He was in the theater. I, I knew George. He went to Marin Academy. He went to MCDS. It was so like, you know, I, 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 like all the kids at MSA and in Novato, yeah. you know, with, with the music. And yeah, it was just, uh, I had to get the quick plug in for the MSA because yeah. Josh is a trombone player there. You get, get, get a minor in music at Calu. So mom wanted me to point that in. But George, I was yelling at him for, he passed the ball into the post. And he, I said, George, you got a ball fake because the ball was taken. And he goes, no, I, I, I'm using reverse psychology, right? And set up ball fake. I'm just going to pass it in because they think I'm going to, you know, ball fake. <laughs> and, and after he said that, you know, you get mad. You at, argue with that. You get mad at a player. And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Thanks, George. You're smarter than me. <laughs> well, sometimes that is a strategy. Like, it, you just pass so quick before the defense actually, like, is ready to defend it. Just the fact that he had to answer what, what was, was amazing. Right. He had it. I was, he made him a lot better. I, I remember that because he was a big guy, had yeah. his skills, but was pretty soft. Yeah. And you helped, and he, he, you helped toughen him up. He became a pretty good player. I've never heard someone you reverse psychology. In yeah. Right. So, Josh, whenever you make a mistake and your coach is like, Josh, why'd you turn the ball? It's like reverse psychology. They weren't expecting me to turn it over. So, <laughs> that's a great answer. Guys, this has been super fun. Thank you so much for the time. Josh, but, so win these last two games, get an NCS. Yes, sir. Congrats on all your success. Appreciate that. And we'll be looking for you next year at Kalu. Excited to see you continue your career. And Doug, thanks for for everything. And you're a legend. Thank, Thank you for you. coaching me at Pirate Camp circa 1984. <laughs> it's, it's awesome to and see you guys. Marine Athletic Foundation. Hopefully you're listening. Yeah, Marine <laughs> Athletic Foundation. We have a nominee for you. Well, thank you for having us. It's been it's been fun. You, you guys are doing a great job and it's it's fun to listen to. And I hope you guys keep it keep this going. We'll keep it going. Thank thanks, guys. Thanks for your support. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, sir. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Doug. That was a great interview. I think we all enjoyed it. So, Dave, we're going to start with an update on Novato. Yeah. So, they play San Marin tonight. This is Thursday. They had a tough loss to MC. I don't recall whether that game was home or away on Tuesday, 68-64, which unfortunately knocked them out of consideration for the MCAL playoffs. I think they had a slight slight chance of getting in at that point. And I believe also for NCS. Yeah, Josh said they had to win that one for NCS. Yeah. So that's 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 too bad. But you know, Devado's a really good team. I mean, you guys, you know, Archie, awesome team. You guys are firmly in the playoff hunt, and Novato was up twenty on you guys in the third quarter, and it took an amazing effort for you yeah. guys to come and win that yeah. game. So, Novato, really good team, just tough league. Toughly. I mean, Terra Linda only has one win and it was over an MC team that beat Redwood twice. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so yeah, it's every game has been a battle and a rock fight. Absolutely. All right. Well, you want to, we didn't get a chance to really talk about Doug's game, but we heard a little bit about it beforehand and I saw it in action. Yeah. But why don't you describe his signature move, Dave? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I wasn't kidding. I, I grew up worshiping Doug DeVore. He coached me at pirate camp. I remember seeing him play in adult leagues and I was talking to Mike Fulton and Tom Poser about Doug a couple of days ago. And Tom reminded me of Doug's patented move, which was he had the ability to kind of lean in and then fade away off one foot with this high arcing shot. It was very Dirk Nowitzki-esque mm-hmm. and, you know, Doug six, seven, six, eight, 
and he could get that shot off over much bigger guys. And so his ability as a big guy to take players out to the perimeter was really effective. And that really developed after high school for him. Right. Because in high school, they kind of put him on the block, right? So at College of Marin, he kind of blossomed. And and he talks a lot about how Mike Fulton had a part in that because Mike was giving him the ball in positions where he could score. And then he thrived at the Division One level and went on, as we talked about, you know, over a decade of of playing pro ball. But Doug was really fun to watch and the dude could score. Yeah. And probably if he were in his prime right now, he probably would be even more of a fit for today's. Exactly. Game. They might even call him Dirk DeVore. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, his his game, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Dave, I just have a couple other things. One, you know, Hilda's, you'll be hearing from us. You know, we we think you'd be an absolute wonderful sponsor for our program. Indeed. And then uh, Owen Bugas was was pretty psyched that Josh mentioned him, you know, in the conversation about predictions for all league. And Owen, who along with Julian, Nickel, and Alex Martikin, they had senior night on Tuesday. Yeah. Only three seniors. And I, I personally am not biased. I think Owen should be player of the year for the boys' side. MCO. Okay. Love it. Um, that's not a prediction. That's an endorsement. Love it. Owen can play, man. I, I love watching him play. But yeah, this was a this was a really fun interview. Thanks again to to Josh and uh, continually impressed with the high schoolers who we've had on, their poise and ability to answer these questions yeah. with, from these old guys. Yeah. Josh was great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him progress at Cal Lutheran. I think the Cal Lutheran's got a great program. They have a really good coaching staff. They play in a great conference with a lot of Marin kids who play down there. So I think Josh is going to thrive in that environment. Yep. He might end up at D1, right? Very well could. I mean, they even said, you know, Doug mentioned that during the recruiting process, you know, Coach White said, look, after a year or two, if you want to go somewhere else, we'll help you get there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. keep your eyes open for, for Josh DeVore. And thanks again to Doug and Josh for the time. That was a fun conversation. Yep. Agreed. And thank you to our listeners and to our sponsors. We thank Jeff Skaggs, Nike San Domenico Camp. We thank Karen Horsmeyer. We thank The Hub and we thank Medium. And we thank in advance others that might be joining the sponsorship team. Uh, this has been the Run TMC podcast. That is a podcast about basketball in Marin County. Thank you for listening and supporting us. And uh, we'll be back at you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Burke's on his feet. He looks up and gives me a grin and says, Hey, dude, you too must be from Marin. Marin County's AO.